This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. friends, it's time for another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. We're almost halfway through December, and I know that means that many of you are in the midst of one of the busiest times of the year. For our family, actually, we've worked hard to intentionally make December less crazy and a little more calm for the past few years. And on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some of the practical things we've done to make that more of a reality. Some of these are things that you could implement right away and hopefully will help your family as well. I'm also going to be talking about some of our favorite Christmas books, doing my very first in-person interview. Well, outside of my interviews that I've done with Jesse, I'm interviewing Michael and Smith, who is the author of two books on making your home more of a space you love. And then I'm going to close out the show with answering a question on advice that I would give to a first-time mom. And I think if you are a mom of littles or you are a first-time mom, that what I have to share is really going to encourage your heart. For today's What's Saving My Life segment, that's the part of the show where I talk about something that's making my life easier, better, or more productive. I want to talk about our Christmas bucket list. This is one thing that has helped us to slow down and just enjoy December more. I feel like it's so easy to think that, oh, I want to make December the best December ever. I want my kids to have so many great memories of the holidays. And then we end up trying to do all the things. So we have decided as a family that we want to savor and enjoy a few things instead of trying to do all the things and not really being able to enjoy any of them because we're just so tired. 
One thing that we've implemented to help us do this is a Christmas bucket list, or you can call it a holiday bucket list or a December bucket list, whatever you want to call it. But for us, here's how it works. We all sit down as a family the first week or two of December, and we choose a few things that each of us really wants to do during the Christmas season. So each of us gets to choose just one or two things that are really important to us that we really want to do that year. It could be things like build a snowman or play in the snow as a family. Now, when we lived in Kansas, that was a much easier thing to do. In Tennessee, there isn't always snow. But we still sometimes put it on the list if it's important to someone and we hope there's snow. Or it could be decorating Christmas cookies, going ice skating, going to the Nutcracker, going to look at Christmas lights as a family, watching one of our favorite Christmas movies together, participating in a giving opportunity, going to a Christmas concert, hosting a Christmas get-together, and on and on it goes. There are no right answers. It's just whatever each person says, I really want to do that this December. Obviously, if it was something that was super expensive, then we'd have to have a conversation. But for the most part, most of the things that our kids have said are free or very inexpensive. And so that money hasn't really been an issue when it came to this. By the time we're done discussing all of the items and narrowing them down and deciding, okay, these are the one or two things that each person wants to do and making sure that each person has unique things and that there's not overlap, then we write this list down on our calendar. So we decide which weeks and which days of which weeks we're going to do each of these things. We spread these activities out during the whole month of December, or I know we're already halfway through December, so if you're going to do this, you could say for the next two to three weeks. You can even go into January if need be to be able to spread it out so that you're not trying to do a whole bunch of things all at once. Because our list is not long and overwhelming, and we have a few weeks to accomplish it, we're able to really enjoy each thing and create beautiful memories and be fully present in the moment of enjoying that thing that that particular child or adult in our family has chosen. This tradition has become one of the best things we've ever done, and it's helped us to stay focused, calm, and intentional during the Christmas season. It also helps us to say no to most of the other ideas and opportunities that come up. And one of the things I found that it does for me as a mom is it takes the pressure off because I don't have to feel like we have to do all the traditions we've done in previous years. Maybe it's something that's not important to anyone in our family. So why are we going to do it? If no one deems it really important, let's focus on the things that people really want to do and really find important. Christmas books are my favorite, and so instead of picking one book to talk about this week, I wanted to share a few of our favorite Christmas and winter picture books. Sadly, my kids have sort of aged out of Christmas picture books, but when they were younger, I loved to go to the library and get 14 to 20 Christmas and winter picture books, and then I'd wrap them all up, and the kids would get to unwrap one every day for us to read aloud together. Some of our favorites were The Gingerbread Boy, Gingerbread Baby, Gingerbread Friends, The Mitten, The Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey, The Christmas Story, that's a little golden book, B is for Bethlehem, and Great Joy. I'll have links to all of these in the show notes, and I'd love to know from you what is your favorite Christmas picture book or your favorite book to read together as a family at Christmas time. 
If you've been thinking about getting a new phone or changing to a different phone plan or seeing if there's a way that you can save money on your phone plan in the new year, I highly recommend checking out Twigby. They are a company dedicated to providing fantastic phone service at great prices. And we're so grateful to have them as the sponsor of this episode. I love so many things about their service. There is not a contract and there are no activation or termination fees. Yep, that's right. You can change plans or phones at any time and you won't be charged any hidden fees and you aren't locked into any long-term phone plan. They have plans starting as low as $9 per month and stay tuned because I'm going to give you a link to get a coupon to make it even less than that. They also offer free overage protection. Twigby customers use not one, but two of the nation's largest networks, so the coverage is really great. If you're wondering whether you could switch to Twigby, head over to their site, twigby.net forward slash crystal, to check to see if your current phone can be switched over to Twigby. Plus, when you're at that link, you'll get an offer to save 25%. This makes their phone plans incredibly priced. So visit twigby.net, that's T-W-I-G-B-Y dot net forward slash crystal to find out more and save. And a big thank you to Twigby for sponsoring today's episode. Michael and Smith, also known on the internet as The Nester, is joining me today on the podcast, and I've been looking forward to this interview so much. Not only is it my very first interview outside of interviewing Jesse that I'm getting to do in person because Michaelin is sitting right across the table from me, but Michaelin and her husband are on book tour right now and they are driving around the country with this adorable tiny house that they custom built. It's pulled behind their truck and it is currently sitting right outside of our house, which is kind of a cool thing. And I wish I could invite all my friends over to come and tour it. I'll be sure to share a few pictures of it in the show notes so you can see inside of it. Welcome to the show, Michaelin. Crystal, thank you so much for having me. And it is so fun to sit right across from you. I know. Such a treat. Okay, so we're going to go back a little bit. I know you're on book tour with the Cozy Minimalist Home, but I want to talk about The Nesting Place. This was your first book that you wrote in 2014. And I read this book, which kind of surprised me that I even read it since it's about decorating. That's not my thing. And here was the interesting thing. It deeply moved me mm-hmm. at this level that I wasn't envisioning at all. And it kind of sounds weird that a decorating book would impact me like that. But it took the blinders off my eyes to see that I had been hiding behind the belief, actually the lie, that, quote, I'm not a decorator. I realized that I was almost just saying this because I had some deep-seated fears and insecurity that I would, quote, decorate wrong. Reading your book showed me how I was holding back in so many other areas, too, because of insecurities and worrying about what other people think. Now, I just have to stop right here and say, I still struggle with these insecurities (laughs) because I realized when you were coming to our house, instead of Skyping, I was like, oh no, oh no, I need to get my rooms more decorated. And then I was reading Cozy Minimalist Home yesterday. I'm like, my rug is not big enough in my office. I need to change around some things. Okay, yeah, so I still have some insecurities. But I love your heart to help other women get over their fears and insecurities and create a home that they can fall in love with. 
And I would just really love for you to give some advice to women who are like me and they are struggling, or you can just speak right to me (laughs) with those fears and insecurities when it comes to our home and decorating. Well, Crystal, I want you to know that you are the exact person who I write all my books for, Mm -hmm. that it's not for people that feel like they were born with a decorating gene. And I don't even know if anyone actually feels like that. I think there's this. So you don't feel like that? No. Oh my gosh. Not at all. I just think it's fun. (laughs) Because I just feel like it just comes so natural to you. It doesn't. It's just trial and error. I mean, we've moved 14 times. Mm -hmm. So I've had practice. When you know you're going to be moving in a year, you don't really have time to let all your artwork sit behind the sofa in a stack for six months. Otherwise, you're like, well, half my life, my stuff is on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of figure out how to set up house quickly in a way that I liked it. And a lot of times it looked weird to me. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure out why does my mantle look weird? And why did I like it in the last house, even though it's full of stuff that I chose Mm -hmm. that I like, but have you ever done that? You're like, I picked out these things from Target. They're sitting on my shelf. I like every one of them, but together it looks crazy and Mm -hmm. I can't figure out why. And those kind of little problems would bug me. And so I would try to figure out why does this not look good? But getting back to, you know, the heart of, I think we all want a pretty house and we don't want a pretty house so that we can be in a magazine or impress our mother-in-law or our next door neighbor. We want a pretty home so that we can use it the way we've always dreamed. And I know that's true about your heart. I know that's true about Mm me. Um, But when our home doesn't feel right, we just kind of get I don't know, like preoccupied with it. And my goal is to help women, encourage women in their homes so they can kind of forget about their home. Mm. Like, I really don't care what kind of sofa you have. I don't care what kind of rug you have. I kind of don't care what kind of rug I have, except that when I hate my rug or when I feel uncomfortable with my sofa or when I have to decide on a sofa, it's such a big decision. It can hinder me from using my home the way I feel called to use it. And that's where the problem lies. Like, let's just get our home the way we're really happy with it, the way we're proud of it. Doesn't mean we have to spend a million dollars. Just like feel good about it so we can forget about it and invite people over and use it. That's so good. And so how do you know how you're called to use your home? Like, where do you find that calling, that why? Well, I think that's a really personal question. And we all feel differently at different stages in our lives. I know sometimes for me, home's like a refuge. And I just need my home to be a quiet place Mm. where I look forward to coming home to. And I don't feel stressed out when I walk in and look at my kitchen island and it's full of like Mm -hmm. (laughs) to-dos. So sometimes home needs to be like a peaceful haven for our family. Sometimes home is a place that's like a welcoming place for all kinds of people. Maybe we're in and out or your kids are teenagers. And so there's just all kinds of people coming in and you're using it for all different ways. Maybe home is like you're traveling a lot. And so it needs to be this restful place that is super functional when you get back and then you leave again. So we get to decide what our home is for that season of time, for our particular family, for our age. And I think that's the good and bad part because I think we think, oh, we're going to we're gonna get our home set and then we never have to change anything. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work like that because we live, we grow, we change. Our family gets older, we get married, someone dies. I mean, whatever happens, it is always changing and our home is there to serve us. And it's only natural that that is going to change as well. And instead of thinking of that like, oh, that's going to change as well, I think, oh, yay, that's going to change as well. Like that's the fun part of, you know, making some fun home decisions so it's like your partner in serving others. I love that. And getting back to the why. And then I think that gives you a lot of freedom for decorating and having the whole reason that you set up your home is so that it's serving the purpose that 
you are needing it to serve in that season. And I just, I love that. And I feel like there's a lot of freedom, just you saying those words. I feel like that gives me a lot of freedom. It kind of takes that burden off of me. And it's like, well, yeah, our home is serving us and maybe it's not set up as well as I would love it to be set up, but I can be okay in this season. I can continue to work on improving it, but be okay if it's not as great as I would love it to be right now or as decorated as well as I would love it to be because it is serving our family and it is allowing us to be able to serve other people. So I love that. Yeah. I talked to so many women who love decorating. They're kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I'm scared of it, but then there's so many women (laughs) who love it. I'm scared because I'm like, I don't don't know what to do. But then they feel like there's so many things I want to do and change and improve. And we don't have the budget for that. We don't have money to do that. And so then they can just feel constantly frustrated and discontent and almost depressed because their house needs so much work or they want to change so many things. And I know that you share a lot of practical ideas in your new book, Cozy Minimalist Home. And I'd love for you to just give some tips for those women who they're feeling like, I want to change my home. I'm discontent with my home, but we have no money to do that. Well, I felt like that for so long, especially moving a lot. I mean, that Yeah, it felt like, oh, I can't do anything unless I have a million dollars. But when we think about all of the things that we need to do in our home, money is just one part of it. Part of it is time. Some of us have more time than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of it is just creativity. Some of us are super creative. And so that can take the place of maybe if we don't have a lot of money or a lot of time to spend. And the other thing is just like the freedom or the limitations that we have. So if you're renting, you have some more limitations. We rented a lot. And I, looking back, I will say those limitations actually made me really creative. I'm so grateful for that Mm. because we couldn't paint the walls. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, okay, I'm in desperate need of color, but I can't paint the walls. What can I do to add some color to this home? And so then I was able to add some pillows or some drapes, Ikea, $40 for a pair of drapes. And now I have a block of color. I can add that to my rental without losing my deposit. And so it was things like that that really helped teach me just a couple pillows and drapes can make all the difference. So yes, Money is part of it. I don't think you can make a home on a zero budget, but you can create a home on a super, super limited budget. And I was thinking so many times people are coming to me and they're saying, I can't lower my grocery budget. We live here and we are gluten-free and they're giving me all their excuses Mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as an opportunity to be creative. And so it's the same thing here. You're saying, instead of viewing it as this terrible, awful thing, you're saying, oh, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to have a can-do attitude. I'm going to use what I have and do what I can with what I have. And I I love that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, Focusing on what you can change. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... I just need to ask you personally. Okay, let's do <laughs> We're it. just going to change the t- <laughs> change gears here. You're very introverted. In fact, I was just telling Jesse the first time I met you, you were so quiet. So, <laughs> do you do you remember that? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think we met at a conference. Yes. I can't. Was it relevant? It was relevant. Was it yes, okay. you're just so quiet. Yeah. so wise, but so quiet. <laughs> and you're going on book tour. You hosted. A thousand people at your home for this festival. You've been all over, you know, meeting all sorts of people. And how are you handling this? How are you, (laughs) how are you making space for breathing room and white space in the middle of this really full season of your life? 
Oh, thanks for asking that. I think part of it is, well, first of all, I can talk about home forever. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. If someone was like, what do you want your legacy to be? What? Someone asked me that on a <laughs> podcast. And I'm like, can I email you next week? <laughs> I don't know, unless it has to do with home, because I'm really passionate about home. Mm-hmm. So I could talk about that. You could wake me up in the middle of a deep sleep, I think, and I would be good. But also, I mean, you know how it is when you launch a book, like you want to be able to talk about it in a way that's life-giving to you and that mm-hmm. makes sense. And so when I pitched the idea for Cozy Minimalist Home, I wanted to be able to have some different ways to talk about it that felt right for me and for my community. So taking imperfect hospitality on the road felt like the right thing, even though it was hard. Opening up our home, Chad and I open up our home once a year to our online community and our local community. So we have a thousand people come And that's life-giving to me, even though I am like the biggest introvert you will ever meet. doesn't mean I don't like people, but it does mean that I get drained really, really easily. So we save up energy. We have lots of conversations about that. My husband's an extrovert, so I think that helps a lot. So hospitality is one of the things we do well together, I think. But yeah, I think a lot of it was just kind of planning ahead and talking to our family and knowing that yesterday when we got back to the hotel at 5, I had to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling for a few hours. But when things are important, you make time for that. And I let myself go out of my comfort zone a little bit so that I can do the things that I feel called to do. And this is one of them. But yeah, I can't wait to get home, put my jammies on, let my cat sit in my lap and pet her and laugh with my kids and like not have anything on my schedule for a while. It's so inspiring to me to see you challenging yourself outside your comfort zone and seeing you use your gifts and talents and passion that God has given you. I I know for me as an introvert, it's a lot safer for me to just stay Mm -hmm. behind the computer. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more comfortable. And so to see you stepping out and doing these things, it inspires me. And and then I love that you found what is life-giving to you and you're really stepping into that and embracing that because it is a calling that God's given you that you're using to impact so many homes and families. I mean, it's it's funny. I I read your book, Cozy Minimalist Home, yesterday when I was getting my hair done. (laughs) And I was so inspired by it, I literally get in the car and I called my husband and I said, okay, I need to talk to you about, I have this idea for this and this, and this This is not me. Like that is not how I am. Like I do not call him saying, I'm thinking I want to change this on the wall and I have this idea and it's all coming together to me, you know? But for me, there was so much relief there Mm -hmm. because I'm reading this and I'd been stressing over some areas in our home. And so I just feel like this is a gift that God has given you to help other women so that they can then use their home to bless so many other people. And I think of the ripple effect mm-hmm. of what you're doing and how how many homes oh. it's impacting then how many people are going into those homes. And just so just thank you for stepping into that because I know that it's not always easy. And there are days <laughs> when you would much rather just stay in your jammies and not talk to anybody, but you're doing that. So thank oh, you. Well, thank you. And you know, Crystal, when we first met, I remember that we we're sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of, this is before I wrote my first book, and you kind of like took five minutes and coached me on how to be a boss lady <laughs> and how to treat my job like a job. Because I think until uh, that conference, it's like it, sometimes you have a job and you don't realize that it's your full-time job and you gave me permission to treat it like one. You're like, oh, this is what I do. I get up early and I have help and this is where I have help. And I went home and I obeyed everything you said. <laughs> And I have been doing it ever since. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm so grateful. And I'm so excited for you to write the books and, and all of that. It's just, I've just been so, so much cheering you on this mm. journey and just excited for what the future holds for you. 
Okay, so now we're going to step into asking the questions that I ask all of my guests. Uh-oh. Number one, what are you reading right now in all your free time? <gasps> yes. Or what have you read recently <laughs> if, since you probably have not a lot of time to read? Well, I had really high expectations. I brought three books with me. I think I read one page so far. So I'll tell you the three books that I brought with me on the yes. tour. One is Remember God by Annie Downs. Mm, I've heard that's so good. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't I, read it yet. I know. I haven't either. <laughs> but it's like top of my stack. The next one is The Ministry of Ordinary Places I've by that one's Shannon really Martin. good too. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one is The Wondering Years by Knox McCoy. Mm-hmm. Crystal, it is so great. Even though I'm like this guy that's younger than me that likes sports, wrote, I'm not going to relate to no. It is so relatable. It makes you think about God. It makes you laugh like in the very next sentence. Mm-hmm. It is the best book. I am loving it. That's so interesting because I've seen it different places on Instagram, and but it was by people that I'm like, I don't know if their book tastes are right. my book taste. Right. So I now I need to check yeah, it out. Yeah, this was an unexpected surprise that I love. And I'm like, I cannot wait for him to write another book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last question is, what's saving your life right now? Something that is Ooh. a productivity tip or life hack, an app, an idea you're implementing. <laughs> Something you've changed in your life or you're doing in your life that's really making a difference. Oh my gosh. Well, this time of year, baths, like a warm bath mm-hmm. with those bath bombs. That yes. Sh- you're mm-hmm. like, how is it doing? Why does it look like it's a little, it's like a literal bomb? Mm-hmm. I am loving that. That is saving my life. Even in the hotel. I know that's so gross. That I take a hotel <laughs> bath. Annie was like, just man up and get in the bathtub. It's fine. But I have in that there is something about, and you get cold this time of year anyway, but like mm-hmm. taking a hot bath with a Something that smells delicious is the most relaxing thing. And sometimes in the winter, I take two baths a day if I get cold. <laughs> I'm such a bath person are too. Which so many of my friends are like, that is just disgusting. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, I think it's an introvert thing or something. Maybe I don't is. know. But yeah, we just had Bonnie Gray on the podcast and she was talking about something about the same, and I can't do all the sciencey thing, but something about like a warm bath and a hug. It's like the same <gasps> sort of thing that happens scientifically, which oh, I thought was fascinating. Oh, that is. I've never heard that. So yeah, I had never heard of it either. I need to research it more so I could say it a little bit more (laughs) scientifically, but that's what she said. So we'll take her at her word. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for coming to my house, coming on the show, and just for all the ways that you have inspired me personally and how you inspire just hundreds of thousands of other women to really fall in love with the home that they have. And I love the phrase that you I, it just always sticks with me. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. And I think of that in so many areas of my life. So just thank you for being you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, inviting me into your lovely, inviting, warm and cozy home. I love being here. Multiple listeners wrote in and asked if I would share advice for a first time mom. So if you're a first-time mom or a mom of littles, I want to close out the show by sharing five pieces of advice I wish I had learned or understood when I was a young mom. First off, you are not alone. No matter how incompetent or unskilled you feel for this motherhood thing, I can promise, promise you that you are not alone. There are an army of other moms in the trenches with you, and none of us have it together. Some of us may hide our struggles out of fear. Some of us may be more skilled in certain areas. Some of us may naturally have more energy or capacity, but none of us have all our ducks in a neat and alphabetized row. We all have areas we fall short in. We all have times when we feel like we're not doing a good enough job. We all have times when we struggle with mom guilt. 
So instead of trying to hide your struggles, be honest with those closest to you. Vulnerability breeds strong friendship like just about nothing else will. Secondly, I want you to hear this. You've got what it takes. I know it doesn't feel like you've got what it takes. You feel scared and unqualified. You're overwhelmed. Your heart is walking outside of your body. You worry that you're not doing enough. You wonder if you're seriously messing up your child. But I'm here to tell you, you've got what it takes. You can do this. You are uniquely gifted and equipped by God to be your own child's mother. Third, you won't be this tired forever. You're tired of your child crying. You're tired of waking up over and over again in the night. You're tired of doing the same things over and over again. You might feel flabby and lethargic. You look in the mirror and barely recognize the woman staring back at you. You wonder if you're ever going to be able to fit into your pre-pregnancy genes. You wonder where all your energy went. Trust me on this. You won't be this tired forever. Even though it feels like you'll be waking up every two hours for the rest of your life and propping open your eyeballs with toothpicks to make it through the day, it won't always be like this. So don't stress over tomorrow or two years from now. Get as much sleep as you can. Accept any offers of help. Do whatever it takes to get some shut-eye. And just power through, knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And it's called Kids Who Sleep Through the Night. And it is amazing. And please know that just because your 12-month-old doesn't sleep through the night yet, even though you've read all the books and tried all the tactics, you're not a bad mom. You just have a child who struggles to sleep. Don't beat yourself up over it. Do the best you can. Keep experimenting and know that someday soon, your child is going to figure it out. For now, just do what you need to do to make it through, even if not everyone else thinks it's the quote-unquote right thing. You are your child's mother. Trust your gut. Number four, you don't have to do it perfectly. Really, you don't. Just stop trying already. I know you feel like you don't measure up to someone else who arrives early to church every Sunday morning looking like a model with their three kids under four, all in hand-smocked outfits and intricate braids in their hair. Okay, that might be over the top, but I get it. Maybe that's what gives that mom great joy and fulfillment. But take a deep breath and know that it's completely okay to walk to the beat of a different drum. You're not that mom. You are you. Be you and embrace what's best for you and your family. You don't need to apologize for it or explain it. Just be you bravely. Finally, you are going to work yourself out of a job. Right now, it's completely impossible for you to imagine not changing diapers, wiping bottoms, taking little people potty, not constantly hearing, Mommy! Not having to cut everyone's food up, not having to buckle everyone in when you get into the car, not having to give baths, get everyone dressed, and help little people brush their teeth. But there will come a day, and it will be sooner than you believe it will be, when you start working yourself out of a job, when those little people get a little bit bigger, and when they start learning how to do things for themselves. It is a slow process. But looking back, it seems to happen in the blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, you wake up one day, and your oldest is 13 years old, and she can do your family's laundry, help with the cooking, clean the bathrooms, do the dishes, and ask what else she can do to help you. 
that day is coming. When it does, all these years of doing what seems like the same thing over and over again will pay off. And you'll realize that those little people are turning into capable adults who are contributing to the family in significant ways. In 10 years from now, you're going to look back with a deeply fulfilling and happy feeling knowing that all that hard work, all those sleepless nights, and all that exhaustion was worth it. So as much as you might want to some days, don't give up. If you have a question on any topic you'd love for me to answer on a future episode, email it to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great day. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.